For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, episode 144. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. We have finished the 2019... 2020 weird, odd, COVID-influenced Premier League season, uh, and we are doing our final match review of this season. And joined with me is the best damn host in the land, the, the one you know and love, the reason why people come to this podcast. It's yours and Newcastle's own, Elijah Newsom. Yes, uh, here I am, one of three black fans of Newcastle United in the world, so um, shout, out, shout out to the other two. <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, Clinton, Clinton, and then uh, there's that other, I don't know who the other one is. <laughs> yeah, I, I just followed him on Twitter. Oh, Josh is black, I'm pretty sure, or mixed. So we'll count him if you're from Toon Army, Denver. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There, so, you go. there you go. That's that's four yeah. of us. Um, <laughs> what a way to start off this pod. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked to be here. Uh, honestly, I have to admit something, Greg. Okay, and you know. A few. I think I've done about 15 previews for Newcastle United. I've written, um, and this mm. is the first time I got the scoreline correct. I said Newcastle will lose three-one against a rotated Liverpool side, and guess what happened, Greg? That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Um, so yeah, Kenny honestly can't even be mad. Um, I think there's a lot of doom and gloom going around. Like I think 360 even tweeted out like we're already relegation favorites for next season. All right, let's let's calm down. Let's let's calm down. Let's shut up. Blah blah blah. Like whatever. Obviously. We'll talk about this. Se- we'll talk about next season when it gets exactly. Closer. Like I mean, let's just be season. grateful that we're made it through another Premier League season. Obviously, against Liverpool, it, I I never saw it being a match that we were going to be heavily involved in. And to be fair, like they surprised me. I think we looked dangerous going forward on counters. I think that there could have been another goal for Newcastle um, in that match. I mean, overall, you're still playing Liverpool. And at the end of the day, they were able to sub on Mane, Salah, and Firmino, who you could argue are three players that are all top ten players in the Premier League when they were just up 2-1. And uh, and they brought in Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, I don't really know what to expect. We brought on Joel Linton, Andy Carroll, and Tell Watt. So it's like – uh, yeah, like I get it. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, Mike Ash is a cancer to the club, but I, I that's a, there, there's like, there's there's fourteen, yeah, there's fourteen other clubs in the Premier League that are also saying like, for fuck's sake, man, like, uh, I, what are we supposed to do? They have literally Bobby Firmino on the bench. Like, it, that's not a Newcastle issue. That's just like a Liverpool are really good and they're champions. So shout out to them. Yeah. But yeah, excited to be here. Follow your boy on Twitter. 
at Elijah underscore Newsom for some hot takes. And uh, this, oh, yeah. the CHN radio account, um, at CHN underscore radio, um, Greg kills it on that account, tweeting on match days. And, of course, coming up in UFC account, um, where you can stay up to date with everything going on with the podcast and our site as well. Um, the wonderful Andy um, Hayes tweets out just great tweets all over, uh, all, all day um, on that account. And so he's been great. And uh, I'll hop on there on occasion and say some things. So, yeah. On occasion. On occasion. Oh, uh, we have some content to talk about, too. Graham wrote a piece about the 4-4 Arsenal match. So definitely check it out. Um, and then Andy wrote a really good piece um, ahead of last week's match that I think everyone should should talk about, um, should read, not talk about. Um, that's regarding the takeover. And it even caused mass hysteria on Twitter as a photo of Newcastle's locked gates went viral like a couple days ago. And it, it, like, it was not a recent photo. It was a photo from when Newcastle played Sheffield and they locked the gates to prevent fans from, like, being in St. James. But, like, people thought that, that they locked the gates this past week um, to, like, I don't know, for the takeover. It was bizarre. Like, it was – so shout-out to Andy for causing a lot of hysteria. Yeah, shout-out to him. <laughs> um, cool. Well, let, so this – podcast we'll, we'll obviously just do this match recap and then uh just what you'll expect in the future is you will be getting a season review podcast that we'll have uh we'll give out some awards those type of things it's going to be celebratory and fun and then uh then we're taking a, a little break we're taking two weeks just to do it because we can yeah um obviously if anything happens whether it's signing or takeover We'll have like a, an emergency podcast on that. But as far as like your weekly episodes, we're just going to, we'll take a two weeker and then we'll be back mid August for to start talking about Newcastle and getting ready for the next season. Mm. So, and a little teaser, um, maybe some new things for next season. Who knows? And the return of some old things. Who knows? We're just putting out, man. this is how you get, Greg, this is what we like to call a teaser in the industry. Ah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true. Still, still, I'm still very unfamiliar. Shout out Don for um, putting me on to that term. Oh, also, Elijah, I just realized next Sunday is our two-year anniversary. Oh, nice. Wait. CHN Radio? No, no way we started CHN Radio on your wife's birthday. We did. <laughs> wow. And you're still married. Yeah, we did. Man. Wow, yep. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to like message Christy and be like, "Wow, I, geez, I did not realize that. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you have a you have a great wife. Wild times. Uh, all right, so we'll we'll start with three words. Uh, so after every match, we ask you to comment with three words to describe it, and we'll read them on the podcast. So we'll read some of these. Don at Smith Ultra. Uh, why expect differently? Alex Walshino at A Walshino um, summed up season and then put more than three words. Uh, <laughs> and then Alan Hoffman, professional, what is this? Professional English teacher. Oh, hello, Alan, professional English teacher. Uh, well, it's over. Joe Terry at Joseph underscore Terry says pray for takeover. Phil at underscore hey yo, Phil says another repetitive season ohio tune at ohio tune says relegation fight underway uh jordy george 09 says very easily beat mmc at memc 66 says same old shite 
Alex Passine at Alex underscore Passine says release the Kraken. And then Peter Snowden at Peter Snowden says boring as fuck. Yep. That is, that concludes your three words yeah. for that one. So, what, want to talk about the match? Is that Does that sound exciting to you? Sure, why not? At least the beginning of it. Yeah, it was, it was a very exciting <laughs> beginning. Um, so, we'll, we'll start with lineups. Uh, it's interesting. Well, we it's so hard to predict what Newcastle's going to do, and that's what we talk about in our previews. Like, we just don't know. But uh, I'll read the lineups. It was Martin Dubravka, Javier Manquillo, Federico Fernandez, Danny Rose, Richie, Bentaleb, Shelby, Lazaro, and then Miguel Amaran, St. Max, and Dwight Gale. What's your thoughts on that lineup? At first, I, I was – I don't know why I thought this. I was thinking, oh, 4-2-3-1, Lazaro, ASM, Miggy attacking trio. And then I was like, oh, wait, they're just going to play Mankio at, at center back. Um, and Greg and I were talking about this earlier, but I do think um, – and this actually happened earlier. Um, I think when Kraft played center back was really when this was confirmed. But every fullback at Newcastle has played center back um, for <laughs> for for the club. Um, which I, I don't I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a stat to be proud of, but it is a stat that is worth mentioning. And um, we saw it again today. Uh, Nankio played center back. I mean, he wasn't bad. He wasn't great. He was a fullback playing center back. Um, and it's nice to see Ben, uh, not Ben Celeb, see Lazaro get a run in the team. Um, obviously, Ben Celeb is going to be there, uh, just given the situation at midfielder with Isaac Hayton not really being fully fit. Um, and I thought it was a little bit weird that Alan St. Maximin and Miguel Amaroon started. Um, if it were up to me, I wouldn't start either one of them um, yeah. because, uh, you know, new season starts August 22nd. Um, and it seems like Steve Bruce met us in the middle where he kind of subbed them both off kind of early. But, I mean, you just don't want to have any sort of long-term um, injury ahead of the season like we already have. I would share in LaSalle's both being kind of like, I guess, given the new date, September 12th, by the way, which I guess we should mention, um, that like they should both be fit by then, but it's going to be pushing it pretty close. You just don't want to have that happen again. So, I mean, overall, I'm not – upset with the lineup. I just wish that we would have rotated a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing to talk about is we were wearing new kits. It's true. Well, what's your thoughts on them? Do you like them? I mean, I, I'm fine with them. Uh, I, I don't – I mean, like, it, it's black and white stripes. I mean, I, I don't know what people want nowadays. Like, it what really is going to be the – it's I, honestly – what's going to be the contentious kind of bit for Newcastle every season is just the the second strip and the third strip. Um, those are when you kind of get a little bit exper- experimental, but there's really o- only so much you can do with the black and white stripes and Puma have done it all. They've kind of done the traditional medium with stripes, um, which we saw in the championship and the, and the season before um, they've done, uh, you know, the thin stripes, which you saw the two seasons when we, after we went up the two Rafa seasons in the Premier League, and they've done three very thick stretches we saw last season. And every single time they make a kit, fans complain. So, um, I mean, I don't know what else to say. They went back to the thin stripes. I thought it looks fine. Um, the red numbers are still a little hard to read. But, again, like, who cares? It's black and white stripes. I mean, it's never going to change. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, it, yeah, like I said, it's, it the kit for me, I'm, I'm, more, I'm a simple – person when it comes to kits like 
do what you're supposed to do and nothing more. That's how I like it. And we're supposed to have black and white stripes and that's all it needs to be ever. So I'm, uh, yeah, as long as it's that, then I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Cause like, I mean, you put the Newcastle Brown Ale logo on the front and people will say it's the best kit they've ever seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, it, it's just complaining to complain. In fact, the but, Newcastle Blue Star kit is literally the same kit, but they've got a Blue Star logo in the front and people think it's yeah, the it, best kit in the world. It's like, it's the same exact kit. Like, yeah, I don't know. Same, same thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just a matter of, I mean, people are going to complain no matter what, but yeah, it's, it looks like Newcastle. And also people were mad about the price. And I was talking with Greg about this earlier. It's the same price as everyone in the Premier League who's releasing a kit. It's about 65 pounds, which I guess is like what, about like what 75, 80 bucks in us dollars. And I yeah. mean, Newcastle are offering free screen printing. Greg, I'm actually about to order my kit right now. Okay. What do you, what do you order? Um, let me type in Newcastle, uh, shop. I just I, I told Greg I would order a kit and I just totally forgot. Um, and so I'm going to do it right now. I, I'm going to take advantage of this free screen printing. Um, let's see. Hmm. All right. I don't know. Should I get an Almeron kit? Like, uh, I, I'd imagine that makes sense. Oh, you don't have to buy it right now. I, I thought you were going to. No, I'm, I'm literally so. buying it right now. Like, I'm. this is live on the pod. I'm buying a kit. So well, while you do that, let's get into the match. Okay, but I'm, I'm I think I'm just going to go Alvaron because okay. I'm I'm a simp. Perfect. Uh, and it started. It's funny because it kind of started exactly how what happened when we went to Liverpool. Uh, it's just way sooner. Uh, it was just absolutely insane how it happened. But it was it was Virgil Van Dyke. He it, right at the beginning of the match, 26 seconds in, uh, he bundled over St. Maximin and um, like Wijnaldum tossed Shelby the ball, like helpfully. And then Shelby looks, you see him like pick his head up and Gale just starts going. Like instantly Gale knew. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh my God, I, I have I have lane. I'm wide open here if he gets it to me. So Shelby saw it, dinged it right to him, goal. What, it was like 30 seconds. Um, and Newcastle were up one nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Fantastic. And um, I think that puts Dwight Gale in second on the team in goals. Yeah. Really. Um, in, in like way less appearances than anyone else. Who's in that. <laughs> he has like four goals in like seven appearances. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's probably not seven, but it's not a lot. Yeah. It, it's, I think uh, one shout out to BT sport and NBC sports gold for just not getting the goal. <laughs> Yeah. Live, they just both were like doing close-ups on different players. I believe NBC broadcast was doing a close-up on Virgil Van Dyke, and looking at the BT Sport broadcast was doing a close-up on Alan St. Maximin. Um, but I mean, either way, it was it was hilarious um, that we scored first. Um, again, I saw that goal and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Um, like, I mean, we're still going to lose, but I mean, at least you know we scored. That's cool. I was expecting us to yeah. score at first. No, yeah, definitely. And to score that quick, it's funny. It took 30 seconds to score, but it took two minutes or so for VAR to see if it was a real goal or not. <laughs> so it took longer for that part of it than it was for us to score against mm-hmm. the champs. Um, yeah, so we ever since that point, uh, from this 
30 seconds on, there was really not much to talk about from a Newcastle perspective. Um, the the possession at some point in the first half, I remember seeing it was 83% to Liverpool. I mean, it, it, it was exactly what you expected this game yeah. to be. So, um, but the, it, there wasn't really a response from Liverpool. We were staying sound defensively, staying in our lanes. It wasn't until Minamino had a really good test on on uh, Dubrovka. By the way, congrats to Dubrovka, was named NUFC Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's right before the game. Yeah, congratulations. It's a it's an award that everyone would would love to have, especially given the fact that Newcastle are not very good. But um, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, uh, Takumi Minamino, and he he made Dubrovka make an insane save. Uh, he was having a good day, but it wasn't too much longer after that uh, where. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain uh, scored his goal. It, it, well, I mean, it wasn't his goal. It was uh, Van Dyke's goal. But uh, Chamberlain pushed the ball down to the right, and um, Van Dyke rose up and looped the header hole. It was a really nice header. Yeah. Uh, no, no keeper saving that. And there it is, 1-1, right? Uh, 38 minutes, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but – do you have anything on that call? I mean, uh, I think that um, we had – I mean, you and I kind of discussed this earlier. Danny Rose was just, like, livid that the goal happened. And oh, it yeah, was, that's right. It was pretty much, like, almost his fault completely. I think you can put a little bit of blame on Mankio. But then again, um, you have to also remember that Virgil van Dijk is probably one of the best headers of the ball in the Premier League in general. Um, so if he's in the air, like there's not many players are going to be able to contest with him. So to expect Mankio to really be able to go up and 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 get the ball, like like get the ball, uh, you know, when Virgil van Dijk's in the air, he's just is a bit ambitious for a Newcastle fan. But Danny Rose literally gives up on this play, um, expecting I guess some help defensively from either uh, Matt Mitchell or Miguel Amaron. Miguel Amaron sprinting back to help, obviously doesn't get there in time. But Danny Rose literally gives up and just. Like that's how Oxley Chamberlain gets free for the cross, and it's yeah. one of those like you gotta you gotta do something, man. Like there was not even really a runner in behind Danny Rose, um, so it was just it was bizarre goal, not great defending. But then again, you can't fault him because he's a left he's a left back playing center back. Like I mean, I don't really know what you want him to do, and he's also five nine. So like, yeah, it's a great point. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just um, it also shows you just a gap in. And like these two teams are in the same league, but you have Virgil Van Dyke going up for a header against Javier Manquillo. Like it's just like I can't believe that hey, those two players, Atletico are Madrid, Javier Manquillo. Yeah, they're both, both those players are playing defense, starting for a Premier League team, and it just shows you the difference. And and don't forget that Newcastle could have signed uh, Virgil Van Dyke, but they didn't. Yeah, because when he was at and, Celtic, uh, and and uh, Mo Salah. Well, you know, that that's that I feel like we're fine. We don't need Mosal. We've got we've got uh, we've got <laughs> yeah. Yoshinori Muto and Christian Atsu on the wing, so it's true. fine. True. Uh yeah, so so we went into the uh halftime level. Uh we definitely like did I mean Liverpool weren't were breaking down our defense when we were bunkering. So yeah, maybe it should have been tied. I mean maybe we shouldn't have gotten our goal in the first place, but um Liverpool obviously dominated, but the final third, look, they didn't have that many opportunities. They had probably three in the first half, yeah. one they scored on. Um, one was a uh, – was it Naby Ke- Keita yeah. that 
shot the ball just over the bar and then the Minamino shot that I and and two and two um like I have to credit whoever the NBC sports analyst was he brought this up was just like when you sub out that movement of the front three like that front three is of of Firmino Salah and Mane one have just such great chemistry and just individually are such great players and threatening in their own right that like they're able to move defenses around just at a different level than any other front three in the Premier League. Only front three that's honestly comparable is the Man City front three. And so when you don't have that front three really testing Newcastle defense, you have your normal run-of-the-mill kind of front three that's going to make the same kind of runs that you see any front three in a 4 through 3 are going to make. And it's just not as threatening. And you saw that. Like, individually, the front three they played all are great players. And – like honestly anyone in that front three would start at, at Newcastle um but it's just you know they're just not able to make the same types of runs that a Bobby Firmino, Salah and Mane are able to make and we kind of saw that even when eventually uh, Mane, Salah and and Firmino were, were brought on like Liverpool completely went from like a team where Newcastle were in the match to just a team that was like yeah there's no chance Newcastle are even scoring another goal in this match yeah no, definitely. Uh, so we started the second half, and there was a change in the second half. It was Jolinton coming on for Alan St. Maximin. And then three minutes after that, uh, Bentaleb had an injury concern in the first half, but they brought on Sean Longstaff to replace him three minutes after the break. So I guess it's probably a situation where he said, like, he was fine to go, got out there, was like, nope, not fine yeah. to go. <laughs> And and we just brought on a recently recovered Sean Longstaff to replace him. Yeah, which um, was just I was Greg knows I was I saw we were talking on the phone live all this and I was just pissed that we brought on Sean Longstaff. Not not because like I mean obviously if you look at fit he's a number ten as we've discovered. Um, but <laughs> but like just like he's he just got back from injury like why are you playing him? This is literally the perfect time to play Maddie Longstaff like and. I'm not a huge Matty Longstaff. I've been – actually, I'd say I've been probably one of the more critical individuals in the podcast sphere of Matty Longstaff because I think he works hard, but that's about it. Um, but, like, I mean, this is the time to bring on Matty Longstaff. You're talking about a holding midfielder role in a match that's, like, you kind of want some someone to come in with some energy, um, really help reinvigorate the side, close down on some of these Liverpool attackers that are clearly – haven't played together or not really that comfortable against this Newcastle defense. Like this is the perfect time to bring on Maddie Longstaff. And instead you bring on Sean Longstaff, who um, is just coming back from injury and does not offer anything at all defensively. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's another questionable Steve Bruce decision um, in his Bruce Alona era. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Longstaff actually had a great shot on goal, hit it just wide just after he got subbed on uh, from a Shelby pass. And then Divac Origi, goal, smashes it. Great, great goal. Another one, no goalie saving it. Yeah. Um, two to one Liverpool. And, and this is where I just start laughing at the quality of Liverpool. Because uh, do you want to talk about that goal? For, actually, yeah, I, mean, I jumped to. Uh, I mean, uh, there's nothing Sorry, really much just, to talk about. I mean, like you said, it's a great goal. Um, it's just one of those things where you look at the Liverpool reserves and every single player on that pitch. I mean, we're, let's leave out Nabi Keita. Let's leave out Genie Wijnaldum. Let's leave out Virgil van Dijk. We'll even leave out Joe Gomez. Who I, I mean, Joe Gomez is a, is a fine center back. Um, and uh, I guess Andy Robertson started that match as well. Every other player on that team is a reserve player for, for Liverpool. And every single one of those players would have started for Newcastle. 
Um, like Divock Origi would have started as our number nine. Like if we brought in Origi on loan, which was a, a, a link that occurred multiple times, um, like he would be starting ahead of Joel Linton. And uh, th- I mean, that's why. I mean, he can bang him, he can hit him in. Um, and same with Minamino. I thought Minamino, his movement was more threatening than Gale or Joel Linton as a striker slash winger. So it's, it, I don't know, the depth of, of just quality they have is absurd. And, like, these are guys that literally barely get games. Like, Minamino's yep. made, like, four or five appearances for, for Liverpool total. So it's it's crazy, man. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then right after this goal, they Liverpool just bring on to substitute Salah, Firmino, and Mane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, we just brought on Sean Longstaff and Jolinton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then right after this, so Salah was just going for it. He was like, I'm scoring today. Because he, uh, in context, he needed, he wanted to get 20 goals to be, yeah. to have three straight seasons of 20 plus goals, which like, that's something that I haven't heard a Newcastle fan even like, like that hasn't happened with Newcastle, maybe since Shearer maybe. Like I'm, I'm trying to think. Straight, yeah. It has to be sheer. Like, there's just no, there's no striker in Newcastle that's even gotten close. And Salah's not even a striker. Like, he's a winger. Yeah. That's 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 insane that he was chasing that record today, and I mean, and nearly got it. Yeah, yeah. He hit the post with his first shot, uh, and didn't, didn't, didn't get get one in. But uh, you know, good for him. Uh, Andy Carroll then came on. <laughs> um, uh, Gail replaced him. And then um, Hayden came on for Almiron. And then um, we had our first Premier League debut for Kellen Watts, which is fantastic to see. Um, it's good to get him out there. He didn't make any mistakes in his, what was it, 15 minutes mm-hmm. um, that he was on for. So great job for him. And went up directly and, against Mo Salah. Is that, I guess, he was the right-hand center back? And Mo Salah, no, mm-hmm. wait, left-hand? He yeah, for Rose, left was, center back. Left, yeah, left. He was going up against Mosala made. I mean, he was going up like one v ones, contained him. Didn't really have any crazy challenges that were like, oh, whoa, Kel Watts. But you know, yeah, Kel, Kel Watts was just like his motto, and I'm sure this is what Steve Bruce told him: don't do anything, just stay in the lane, just stay in position. Yeah, that's the only thing. I don't want you to try Damn. to get anything. Just stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great, honestly. That's great advice for a center back in general. Uh, but. Yeah, I, th- I think you, you did fine. Yeah. You did fine. And, like, imagine, like, it's got to be so cool, like, making your debut, but then doing it against, like, 1v1 with Mo Salah and the champions of England. I mean, and we can kind of talk about that. Like, I think, I mean, this is jumping ahead, but I think what something was really telling was just the level of respect that Liverpool has um, in the Premier League, and, and particularly with some Newcastle players, like Lazaro um, – like did a jersey swap. Joel Linton did a jersey swap with with Bobby Firmino. Obviously, there's a Brazilian connection. It's like Joel Linton's obviously Brazilian. Um, eventually, I'm, I'm sure his goal is to play for Brazil um, and have a same a similar impact as Bobby Firmino's had with the Brazilian national team. He got Valentino Lazaro um, swapping jerseys as well. It, it was just it was cool to see. Just like you just there's just like the level of respect that that um, that people have for Liverpool and to make your debut against a team of that caliber, the Premier League champions, it has to be something special. And it really only something that um, a few players in Newcastle can even relate to. One being Sean Longstaff, who, of course, absolutely 
torched torched Liverpool last season. So yeah, and there's definitely a Liverpool Newcastle connection with Wijnaldum, Shelby, Hayden, um, Mankio. Yeah. Um, who else? There's more. Oh, uh, we Shelby just signed a Liverpool youth player. Steve Bruce was yeah. very excited about that. Um, I know Valentin. Val- I mean, I guess Valentin Lazaro played with a bunch of RB Salzburg projects, pro- prospects, oh, okay. um, like Keda and Minamino as well. So, like, there. I mean, you know, there's there, there, there's stuff there. We could have almost signed Virgil Van Dyke and Mo Salah, but that's not really a connection. That's just a reminder no. of uh, Mike Ashley <laughs> being cheap. Um, again, we had to bring it up just because, like, if we didn't bring it up, who would? Um, but yeah, yeah, either way, Kel Watts made his debut. Liverpool were yep. dominant, and then they scored. Oh, excuse me. And then they scored. <laughs> yeah, uh, he replaced Danny Rose, and um, Mane got the third. And it was a curling goal. It was great. Another great goal. <laughs> Any comment there? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Sadio okay. Mane. Cool. I mean, I don't know what else to do. Um, I, I I don't know, man. It. I want this takeover to happen so we can have players that do that. Not even just like like I don't want to take like obviously I want Ashley out, but like it's just cool to just have players that are just like you know that they can just go off individually. And like St. Maxman is almost there. Like he is almost that player, but like it'd be cool to just bring in a guy like that who can just be like, all right, well, you know, we need a goal. I'm just gonna score. Whatever. Yeah. Well, that's how it ended. Three to one. We got outplayed. We got beaten straight up, just like everyone expected. And uh, yeah, that's the season. We we uh, the Crystal Palace draw with Spurs left us in thirteenth uh, for the second straight year. Uh, 40, 44 points, which is one less than what we got last year, and equal to what we got in twenty seventeen eighteen. Um, definitely not a good reward for all the money that we spent. <laughs> um last summer so to to just come up with the same result i know people are always comparing bruce and rafa and stuff well he you know bruce had a about 50 to 60 million more spent into his roster yeah so uh and and came up with 44 and 13th again so just um another dismal effort we we talked premier league elijah uh aston villa they avoided relegation. Yeah, I watched the end of that match. It was insane. Uh, Jack Grealish, I mean, say what you want about the man, about him diving or whatever, but, like, when push comes to shove, he he went the fuck off. Like, he did events young and just was like, second half, I'm going to go off. And he did. He scored a goal um, that, I mean, pretty much secured safety for them. And then, of course, they, they drew, but – um, Watford uh, went with the bold strategy of firing their manager two matches before uh, with, with two matches left to play in the Premier League. And uh turns out that that's not the right strategy. And they ended up losing to Arsenal, um, which basically secured Aston Villa's safety. So um, Bournemouth, although they did everything right today, they won. Um, they'll be going down alongside uh, Watford and Norwich, um, which is, I mean, it's sad to see because we hate Villa. Uh, they're annoying as hell. But, um, I mean, it, it did feel like Bournemouth was a team that, like, just had a really off season and really didn't deserve to go down. It did, they have so much talent on that roster. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year, uh, whether they get picked apart like Newcastle did um, when we went down and some of their best players kind of leave, 
or whether they'll try to make the jump right back up, kind of like what Fulham did, where they, all the players stayed except for Sessignon, and um, they're trying to you know get back into the prem. So it'll be interesting to see. And of course, uh, I mean, I don't, do we need to talk about Champions League spots? I think Chelsea and Man United both got their spots, and Leicester kind of fell out out, yeah. out of that. I mean, unfortunate for them, but. I mean, they had an abysmal restart, so it was almost deserved. Writing was on the wall for them. Yeah, I as a Perez. Uh, <laughs> all right, um, there's one note I do want to read, and this is from the .com, mm-hmm. com. They summed it up perfectly, so I want to read uh, what a little note that they wrote. They said, um, what else to say? Well, apart from the fact it's a blessed relief that this season has finally ended over a year after it started, then there's not much new to record. Uh, the hallmark of this season has been a lack of endeavor, and this was again evident today. 1-0 ahead and dropped even deeper, but with no change in approach at 1-1 or 1-2. This result was essentially meaningless, but too much of today's non-event has been mirrored throughout the season for comfort. It's difficult to see what progress has been made collectively in 12 months. They may not have been able to witness this firsthand, but the frustration of the Jordy Nation is evident in every text, every email, and socially distanced exchange. It, this has been a season every bit uninspiring and unwatchable as feared. The only mild surprise being that seven sides collected less points than ourselves. Proof of the utter mundanity of this league. Uh, that's what I wanted to say. I think it just summed it up perfectly. <laughs> um, and they just... Um, and and it surmised their article by saying Bruce has exceeded our own personal expectations for the season just ended, but only because they were so ludicrously low. There may well be three worse teams than us by next May, but that's no consolation to anyone contemplating another season of this joyless excuse for a football club. This club desperately needs a project restart of its own. The alternative is too unpalatable to contemplate. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I have to agree. The club is just at a crossroads right now where it's like this takeover needs to happen or Mike Ashley has to start making serious investment in the club. You can't yep. have anything in between because anything in between just leaves it up to chance, which is what happened this season. I mean, if you look at all of our expected – I mean, people can say what they want about stats. But if you look at advanced stats and you look at just normal stats where Newcastle gave up a ton of goals this season – um, and just did not have possession of a bunch. Like, it, everything was left at the chance. Like, it, Newcastle won a lot of games and drew a lot of games it should not have won. And I think the Everton match is a perfect example of this, where it's like, that is a match Newcastle were dominated throughout the entire match and somehow walked away with a draw with two goals from a center back that was subbed on in the 90th minute. Like, just it's it just like that. You can't, you can't hinge your future on on moments like that and I mean that's that's how you end up with a Watford I mean Watford or another team that just were extremely lucky at times um in not getting reds or just you know just and players coming up with last minute winners over the past couple seasons that they've been in the Premier League and of course like when all that luck runs out they ended up relegated um, and I mean, yeah. I don't, I'm not going to say Bournemouth's in the same boat because Bournemouth have genuinely a lot of great players on their side. But I mean, those are kind of the two teams I look at where it's like, that could be Newcastle in a couple of seasons. And I mean, that's what happened to Newcastle when they got relegated. They, they kind of just ran out of luck. 
And so I, I, I mean, that's just brilliant words from, from .com. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate that we had to go through that and likely we're going to have to go through that again, at least temporarily. Um, hopefully someone comes in and buys the club. If it's not Saudi Arabia um, and not Henry Maurice, it's, it's someone with a lot of money that really cares about creating a winning culture um, at Newcastle, which I think is great for the whole league as a whole. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, cool. Let's let's take a break then, and let's go to quotes, stats, all that fun stuff right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip, and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, let's listen to our last Steve Bruce quote segment. He had a lot to say. He he was something. I mean, and I got to give Steve Bruce credit. Um, I don't think a lot of managers um, would be as open as he has been about certain issues revolving around the club. So I have to give him I have to give him credit. I'm specifically, obviously, talking about the takeover. He's been very active talking about that, and I'm sure Greg's going to read some quotes that um, echo my sentiment. Yeah. Um, okay. So – Let's do his quotes. Um, He said, we've taken the lead against them twice this season, and it gives you something to hold on to. (laughs) Um, For large parts of the first half, we defended very well and had a hunger and a desire. I couldn't fall, but in the end, we just weren't quite good enough. But towards the end, when they bring on the quality they did, you can see why they're causing damage for most teams. I was delighted with the way we showed up and had a go. It's been a difficult season in a lot of respects from the lockdown change. And the biggest thing for us as well is the amount of times we've gone into games with injuries has been horrendous. So it's something we'll have to look at. We seem to be affected worse than most. And again, today we're missing seven or eight. And when you can get to that sort of level, it's something which has blighted us this season. Let's hope next season can be a little bit kinder in that department. Then he went on to speak about Mike Ashley. He said he just wanted to say, Thank you to everyone for the hard work and have a good summer. That was it. it. I think it was, I think it was vitally important. He wanted to say thank you to the staff and the players for all their hard work in that respect. It was good to hear from him. I've I've got a call with him on Wednesday. It's vitally important we have a decision one way or another. Talking about the takeover, surely 14, 15, or 16 weeks is long enough. That's difficult. That's a difficulty for ourselves. I've been in the game a long, long time. Thankfully. I've got a bit of experience, so there's nothing I can do about it. I don't know what that's going to, but he went on to talk about Dwight Gale, and he said he's been the one that's blighted by injury. He's had a great end to the season, so let's hope he can have a a decent summer and come back firing. He's reminded everyone that he's a goal scorer. And on Kellen Watts, he said he'll remember that one. He's been training with us for the last six weeks, so it was good to see him get his chance. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, so let's talk about the Mike Ashley call yeah there's a little zoom action with the whole squad right yeah yeah what what you think okay so here's my initial thoughts um if okay so obviously i think people read into the the call a little bit and i mean there's good reason to so um you know mike ashley doesn't he's not one to talk with players and coaches and he has in and to be fair the last couple seasons he has called the team at the end of the season to congratulate them on their on their achievements, all that kind of stuff. 
So that is not extraordinary, but there is a small part of my mind that is like Mike Ashley could have given them some information regarding the takeover, you know, just because like, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just something in the back of my mind. And if that happens, of course, Steve Bruce is not going to say anything about it because he can't. So, um, I mean, there, that's, that's a, a small room of the possibility. If the takeover is announced this week, which by the way, um, Smick ultra asked me when the takeover is going to be announced. It will be announced this week before 5 p.m. at some point. If it's announced this week before 5 p.m. At some point this week. At some point this week. If it's announced before 5 p.m., I'm going to 100% it will always say. Be, it will always be before 5 p.m. also. Yeah. It, I mean, if it's after 5.30, my sources were just wrong. But No, if it's after 5.30, it's before 5 p.m. the next day. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Man, wow. I should hire you you're as, always right. <laughs> as a consultant or something. You're great. Um, great PR guy, Greg, making sure I'm never wrong. <laughs> um, but like, even if it's announced this week, I'm just going to go with like the lifelong theory. I will go to the grave with this, that they were told during this call that the takeover happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I have to commend Steve Bruce, like I said earlier, on just being so forward and public about um, this takeover, because I think he recognizes, we all have privilege in certain ways. I think he recognizes his privilege as a manager being able to have all these press press conferences that, you know, he's able to have a very public platform. It's going to be published by the national media. Um, and the Premier League is going to hear about his press conferences. Um, I, I think he's using that privilege to really send a message like, hey, like you have to tell us something about this, this takeover. Um, whether we like the answer or not, you have to say something. And so I have to commend him for that. So um, shout out to see Bruce. Solid presser. I, I can't complain. Yeah. Um, let's go to stats then. Uh, do you have any stats for us? Um, I, have, I, have, I have stats. Yeah. So uh, Joel Linton is uh, – the only player this season, I think, to appear in every single match um, besides Dubrovka. Hmm. Um, Gale's 25-second strike was the fastest goal this season. Uh, the fastest one before that this season was also Dwight Gale for five minutes at Burnmouth. <laughs> um, it was the quickest goal in all comps since Sean Longstaff scored 50 seconds in to an FA Cup tie at Blackburn in January of 2019. Oh my gosh. Um, Wait, time out. That Joel Linton stat. I just thought about that because I knew he had 38 appearances. Joel Linton, this is from Rob Watson, Wickham Robbie. So if, if he's, I don't know if he's listening to this, but if he is, this is insane. Um, I think you'll, you'll actually have an, a visible reaction to this. Joel Linton will become the third player ever to premiere to, to ever I'm sorry. Jolinton will become the third player ever to appear in every league game in a Premier League season. Whoa. Yeah. For Newcastle? I I it's it's for Newcastle, yes. And the other players, do you wanna you wanna guess the other two players? <laughs> One of them played in this match. Martin Dubrovka. No. Well, he did play in every game this season. So No. He played Martin Dubrovka played every single minute in the Premier League this season. Yes. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so then this the, guy's got it's gotta be. It's four. already wrong. Um okay, so he played in this match. Yeah, it's not Dubrovka. So I guess two players played in this match. Uh Genie Winaldum. Yeah, that'd be one. 
which is insane, by the way. I just forgot how um, much of a mainstay he was. The other one is is an older player, but we've mentioned him on this pod a, a few times, and he's I don't I I don't I don't know what else to say. I mean, he's Lee Clark. No, um, it's Gary Speed. Oh, okay. All right. But that's that's such a bizarre stat. I mean, because if you look wrong. if you look at huh? It's wrong. I mean it's wrong, but even if you look at just like including Dubrovka, if you look at just the caliber of player, it's Dubrovka, Gary Speed, and Jeannie Wijnaldum, who Newcastle fans would say are some of the best signings we've probably made in the past twenty years. Yeah. It's and then Joel Linton. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. The I'm looking at appearances now. Uh, Jolin and Dubrovka appeared in all 38, and then second was Almiron, who played 36. Um, and then then we're in the 20s from there. Oh no, um, never mind. Uh, Federico Fernandez played 32. But I mean, also, and it's the 20s. It's very interesting. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder because I feel like Jolinton also played in every cup match as well. So I wonder if that that's where this guy made his mistake. Um, but anyway, yeah, shout out to Rob Watson. Uh, sorry for cutting you off, Greg. But shout out to Rob Watson for, like, doing the research to find that because, I mean, I would not have done the research <laughs> to find that. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, um, I was going to say the quickest goals in, in Premier League terms. It was the fastest goal by a Newcastle player since Kennedy's goal. 64 seconds in against Southampton in March of 2018. Um, Alan Shearer uh, got the quickest. So. Nice. Uh, okay, so that's 38 goals for uh, Newcastle this season, which is the second lowest total of the Premier League era behind the 35 that they had in 97-98 and equal to 38 they did in 06 and 07. Um so, Kellen Watts made his senior debut that we said. Um, that he is the 240th player to premiere in the to make his Premier League debut for Newcastle. Mm. Um, and that was and and also that's a temporary that's a rule change that allowed him to feature. So they had to. This is a special case because he appeared on loan for Stevenage and Mansfield in this campaign. So technically, he wasn't allowed play for any other team this season but because of you know just the world that we're in right now and Newcastle's injury crisis he was allowed to do it yeah um oh I do have more stats expected stats um Newcastle almost beat Liverpool in expected goals we had 0.34 Liverpool had 0.57 and the reason why people like whoa why is that like Liverpool's goals were Really good. Goals. Yeah, they were. They were like. That's not. That's not expected goals. Those were that's, FIFA montage goals. Yeah. Those were ones um, for the highlight reels. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I like I ask you every time who had the most expected goals for for Newcastle. Um. I'm gonna go Dwight Gale. You are right. Oh wow! Um, that's that's there's that's only. Fair. Th- that's There's only great. three players that registered an expected goal. It was Dwight Gale at 0.29, and then Federico Fernandez at 0.03, and Sean Longstaff at 0.02. Oh. Nobody else registered. Those, an I'm pretty staff. sure that's just everyone who had a shot on target. <laughs> yeah, um, and who led in expected assists? 
Only two players registered this time. Man, I'm I'm going to go John Joe Shelby because he took all our free You're kicks. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It has to be, yeah. Um, 0.31 expected assist for John Joe and 0.03 for Matt Ritchie. Nobody else registered XA. Um, some more little – some other stats. Um, the It was 14 shots for Liverpool to R3, six on target for them to R2. And, and the expected points was – 1.07 for Newcastle and 1.46 for Liverpool. So expected stats said it should have been a draw. Which, fair. Yeah. Um, all right. Premier League is set. We're in 13th. I was about to do 538, but, like, there's nothing. Yeah. The season's over. So that's good. Um, what else do we have? Best player. Yeah, best player. Um, wow, that's a, it's a tough We'll do worst then best. Yeah, so worst um... – Oh, I mean, I mean, uh, Namil Bentaleb maybe. Um, which I, he, I don't know. I mean, he wasn't great. He wasn't bad, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like no Newcastle player was awful today, um, especially given the circumstances. I mean, you had two fullbacks playing center back. Um, I'm gonna just give it to Kellen Watts, worst player. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I mean, yeah, but like yeah, you said, like, like oh, Danny Rose, I don't know, like I mean, yeah, Danny Rose's mistake was, incident? yeah, it was it was laughable because also, but also like I I don't think I would have given him the worst player if he didn't complain about it. Like if he was just like, hey guys, hey, hand up, that's on me. Then I would be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like he's he's a left back who's playing center back, whatever. But yeah. like he also just made a big fuss about something that was just clearly his fault. So. Um, yep. there, there's that. Uh, best player. I, this is just as hard, I think, as the as the worst player. Yeah. But I'm just gonna go with Dwight Gale for getting that goal. Yeah, Dwight Gale was good. I think Jonjo Shelby was solid in, in certain instances. Um, would love to see a little bit more out of. of uh, I, I, you know, actually, I think Miguel Amaron was was solid as well. Had some decent runs going forward. Just not a lot of support, which is kind of the story of the season for Newcastle. So I mean, Jonjo Shelby or Miggy um, were solid. I think. At, Alan St. Maxman could have done a little bit more. Um, but, again, like, I don't know what else. I mean, you, it, it's it's the end of the season. You're playing against the league champions. Like, I mean, there's only so much you can expect to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, only one player on who scored registered a seven or more, and that was Dwight Gale. Got 7.22. Fair. All right. So, that is it for us. <laughs> no. Um yeah, that's the season, guys. Yeah, Are you sad, Elijah? Uh, I mean, I'm not sad because we we're not relegated. Um it, it will be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm anticipating a just really interesting transfer window. Um and I'm excited to 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 experience this these times with you, Greg, um, it'll be interesting to yeah. see uh, the next couple of weeks is going to be big for Newcastle. Um, we'll either make some signings, which is always exciting, or we'll possibly have new owners. Um, and so, you know, shout out to Steve Bruce. He's having to navigate this with essentially two budgets <laughs> um, and yeah. uncertainty as, as to whether or not he'll have a job next season. Um, but, you know, all in all, I honestly can't complain about the season. I think, Obviously, there's issues like, you know, like I said earlier, Steve Bruce got really lucky 
um, throughout the whole season. But overall, I mean, we finished 13th. We've got 44 points. It's one less than last season. Um, and we've added some players that are exciting to watch. And it seems like we're getting, um, you know, the best out of Miguel Amarone and Alan St. Maxman, which is, which is always wonderful. And it's nice to see a reinvigorated John Joe Shelby. So those are kind of my quick positives. Of course, we'll go more in depth when we get to the actual season review. Um, but yeah, that, that's it for me, Greg. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Like Steve Bruce's expectations were so low that this is a success. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm tired of the narrative of, yeah, we'd be happy with 44 points. It's time. The club needs to improve. We need to be going for 50. Like that needs to be the next stepping stone. We need to be um, securing safety in January. Well, that'd be really good, but. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we that would be great. Yeah, I mean, but, January, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just earlier in the season where it's not, we're not, like, March is fine. January is a halfway point, so we secured safety by then. That'd be but great. to be fair, we secured safety, we, well, not, we didn't secure, we were close, like, if the Premier League had gone as normal, we would have secured safety in March, which is, like, yeah. fine, which is better than the last two seasons where we are kind of waiting until April, so maybe even May. Um, so I would like to see Newcastle kind of, go into February or, or, you know, go into March, you know, having at least being close enough to secure safety so that we're not super worried. Yeah. I mean, this, the next stepping stone has to be 50 points, 50 points and 50 points. Isn't even that like 50 points. If we had 50 points this season, we'd be in 12th instead of 13. Like that's literally it. <laughs> it's not, it's we're That's how far behind we are and we're not improving. Uh, so while these other clubs are making jumps, we're not. So I, we need to start improving. It could be a long rebuild. That's fine. But, like, we need to see some sort of improvement. This is the third straight year we're in the same exact spot that we've always been in. Yeah, and, so, and kind of as we close um, out, Greg, and just kind of a, as a teaser to everyone, um, you got one position you can improve upon with just world-class player. What position is that right now for Newcastle? Center mid. D mid. Yeah. I, I, I Honestly, I thought we were going to say striker. But I, I think I'd have to agree. I think losing Isaac Hayden kind of opened my eyes just, like, how bad the center mid problem was. And as you know, I am i wouldn't say I hate Ben Taleb. If anything, I'm a Ben Taleb, like, defender. I, I think that there is potential somewhere. But it was brutal watching uh, Newcastle after Isaac Hayden went down. And just um, – he's not even, you know, top of the top in terms of, of a center mid. So if Newcastle were able to bring in – a solid center midfielder. Um, that'd be that'd be nice, and there will be some available. Well, it's going to be a weird transfer market for a lot of reasons. Um, I'm excited for it, Greg. I'm excited for next season. I'm excited to do the season review with you and potentially some some special guests. I don't know. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's another fun season. Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get some follow us on Twitter at chn underscore radio, and we'll let you know when that season review podcast will come out. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, keep continuing to interact with us. We're going to still be on the socials. And, um, and we'll obviously, like I said, at the beginning of the show, we'll take a two-week break after the review podcast. But um, we'll be back stronger than ever to preview our next season. So uh, as always, it's been awesome. Uh, stay safe, everybody. Hopefully all this COVID stuff is done soon. And uh, that's going to conclude this episode. So, I'm Greg Troxell. That's the best damn coast in the land watching this movie. That's the best song coming from Newcastle. Take away the last. Love you guys.
to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're body and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door he plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again Brave the darkness in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog, it's in James's Park, in the Gallagher's end in the rain